0: And now for something completely different.
1: It's a rich fast Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story, real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good
2: morning, everybody. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Russo here with Danny Ratliff, CFP Squared. We're so happy you're with us. You know, Danny, there is something to the Washington word salad. I have a friend of mine. Unfortunately, he's getting a divorce. So he called me yesterday. He's really bummed out. And I said, well, think of it this way. You're transitioning to a new life. It's such a nice word, transitioning. What are you transitioning to this weekend? Anything uh, fun? I I hope some rest. Probably not. (laughs) I'm transitioning to my bed. I'm transitioning to whatever my wife tells me. (laughs) You go here. Now that, let me tell you, that's a smart answer. I also yelled at the Valero guy on the way in. Tell him to lower his gas prices, Brent. How'd that go? He just said, listen, you buying a slushie? That's where I make my money. (laughs) Don't yell at me. Well, it looks like we—I uh, don't know—we seem to be cobbling together some form of a uh, anemic rally
3: uh, over the last few days, Danny. Don't you think? You know, this is pretty interesting that we've had such a hard time putting anything together. And yep. markets have been swinging quite a bit. I mean, you look at—what uh, was that Wednesday? Where we started off four or five hundred points down, then we actually end up getting a little bit higher, and then end up the day flat. So kind of a—you mm-hmm. know—from a technical perspective, it looked like we were losing some the wind, you know, under our sails there, but. We're getting we're cobbling something together, like you said, and hopefully this continues. What's interesting? Yeah, look at yields. Yes, they're flying down right now, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know exactly what that means. Is the bond market telling us something? Is smart money indicating that something different is happening than what we've seen over the last several months? I, I don't. I don't know. I would suspect that we're going to continue to bounce around. And I was really, it's been interesting to listen to the Fed talk this week. You know, everybody's oh, coming out. Yes, and I don't know. You know, it, it, in some instances, it seems like they're. You know, they're they're changing their tone maybe just a tad bit or are they hunkering down for for more hikes?
2: Well, I like how Powell finally, you know, he actually came out and said, uh, well, not, because he was asked point blank whether there was inflation before Putin. And he was like, no, nope. <laughs> we've had inflation way before that. Yeah. Uh, so his answers seemed to be straightforward. But I just don't see how they don't push us into recession to tame Inflation, and frankly, they don't have much uh, in the you know many arrows in the quiver to do anything about food prices and gas prices. But man, if you want to get some outdoor furniture in July, uh, man, I bet you are going to see some deals. You're going to see some deflation in it and stuff you probably you know you you may want, but you don't need. But the stuff you need, unfortunately uh it takes more than the fed to break that although i do expect we will see some demand destruction in um gas prices well um, it,
3: that in is interesting to watch you know you're like you mentioned i think it's a really good point it's the stuff that you want you don't necessarily need and we're seeing already that people are cutting back on the things that they want to do people want, want to take trips but you know we're seeing more staycations if you look at uh mm-hmm. vrbo numbers those are actually declining so people are saying hey maybe we don't take this trip maybe we hang tight we stay at home, we do something around the area, because gas prices are changing people's habits.
2: Right, and it will inevitably do that. Um, I've talked to, just like you do, so many people that are saying, listen, we're only using one car, we're, um, we're, we're shifting off, or we're getting all our errands done in one day, and uh, it's, you know, it's out of necessity. So there is going to be some demand destruction that is imminent. But again, um, we'll have to see where layoffs go. Obviously, Netflix is laying off 300. JP Morgan, I think, laid off a, some part of their mortgage division, right? They did, Or the yep. financing division. So eventually, we're going to start to see um, layoffs happening. But yes, it's interesting to see where bond yields are going because I think the bond market's finally getting the hint that to really tame what we've got going on out there, we are going to need to put the brakes on the economy. And obviously we have been, uh, but maybe this is a hard stop. But are
3: are they implying essentially then that the brakes have been put on? Things are slowing, right? I mean, what do you expect here out of earnings season? I think that's what everybody's waiting for. You know, right now we're in this big kind of rebalance, people with investment policies, their mandates, must get back to their, their holdings, right? So is that what's pushing the market up right now? Or does the market actually feel better? It may just be just, we've had so much destruction from a technical perspective, we were seeing a little bit of upside.
2: Well, I think it also, in some ways, the, and this is a little bit different than it's used to acting, and again, this is merely a guess, that the Fed, in the market wants to hear a strong Fed. Yep. The market has lost confidence in the executive branch and in our monetary policy, or at least how it's communicated. So the fact that he is clear, and this is his priority— You know, it might—it just might alleviate some of uh, what the what the market's concerned about. And to your point, we've 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 created quite a bit of destruction across the board in assets. Look at what four hundred one ks are down, right? What is it? Uh, Three trillion dollars over three trillion. Yeah, more. Yeah, over three trillion. So, um, and again, just because you get a reflexive bounce here does not mean the selling is over. But here's going to be your time. This is your time and hopefully if this sticks, and it's nice to see the markets generally close on a higher note, even though yesterday we pulled back a little bit, for the most part, the market was positive. It's going to be interesting to see how we close over the next week or two, but this is your opportunity to think about rebalancing and getting the allocation to the place you want it to be.
3: That's a really good point. You may not
2: have the chance, right? If this is a bear market move, we know this is to fake you out. And right. pour that next leg down. So, but you can have some recovery here. So don't be fooled. Remember how you felt. Get your get your allocation in the right order for you well, to sleep at night. And
3: this is what what gives me a little bit of concern, right? Because people do get sucked back in. Think, okay, maybe this is the bottom. Mm-hmm. Things are going to get better. We understand what the Fed's saying, and you know, let's get let's get more aggressive. And you know, speaking of that with four hundred and one Ks, I saw a stat that said I think it was like seventy six percent of the money that's allocated to four hundred and one Ks is all in stocks. Mm-hmm. And so you think about the people that are getting closer and closer to retirement. But that does make sense if you start to think about it with the... Um, magical you know, glide paths for Target date Magical glide paths. There you go. And and how do those guys feel right now? I mean, they're getting beat up a lot more, right? I mean, you think about these... these <laughs> Talking about investment policies and how they're going to have to stay committed to you know, a certain allocation, regardless of what the economy looks like or mm-hmm. the market, for that matter. But, you know, one thing I think that's interesting or we should note is that um, markets typically run out in front of the economy. And so one thing and I a think- a lot of people
2: don't really, it's sort of strange, people don't get that. You could be in the middle of all these layoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is going on around you, like your neighbor's lost his or her job, and yet the market's going
3: higher. Well, because uh, the market so will price a lot of these things in already. So right. you know, right now, we, we also don't want people to make knee-jerk reactions, say, oh Correct. my gosh, we're getting out of everything, because then we're, we feel like, okay, we're going to be in a better spot. The issue will be is that, yeah, maybe you do get out of everything and you save yourself three or four or five percent on the downside. I maybe it's more, right? But when do you get back in? It's a problem. And we hear from so many people at the end of market cycles who say, "Oh my gosh, I've been out since the last time this thing went really, really went down." If you're getting all out, yeah, you shouldn't be in stocks. That's the face. Sorry,
2: but that's the face of it.
3: But it's hard right now, Rich. I mean, we've been accustomed to really good returns, mm-hmm. good markets. You know, we've been in a bond bull market that's changed here, obviously, very quickly this year. Yeah. What do you do? Where do you go?
2: Let's talk about that when we get back. Without the Fed money and the juice, what does the market look like? And we're going to be talking about tax alpha. What's it all about, alpha? Uh, Forget it's an old joke. We'll be right back here on Financial Fitness Friday.
1: Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the Internet at realinvestmentadvice.com.
0: Hurricane season is here, and along the Texas Gulf Coast, we know how to prepare. What we don't always know is which way the storm will go, and if a hurricane does come your way, whether your house will flood. Fortunately, you can get flood insurance unfortunately flood insurance rates have skyrocketed don't be at risk let the specialists at ria insurance assess your needs and shop your coverage for the best rates possible another service from realinvestmentadvice.com click on the insurance tab realinvestmentadvice.com the real
1: investment show
2: Welcome back. There's that old meme with the dude with the with the white hair, and he's smiling with the cup, and he's looking at the computer. He's got the beard. You know which one I'm talking about, Danny? No. Oh, but he's he's just he's looking at his computer and he's smiling. And in the first panel, he goes putting twenty dollars in the tank, and then he looks he looks at the camera and he goes the tank asking, is it in yet? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. But, uh,
3: Danny's like, "Uh uh-huh, time to get kicked off
2: the air again. Um,
3: Really don't know what you're referencing here, Rich.
2: (laughs) Gas prices are high. My tank is very
3: big. Um,
2: So, the um, way to look at markets over the next decade could be very different, Danny, without the Fed juice. Although, I know the jury is still out regarding Fed juice. Is the punch bowl put up at the top shelf or rarely used again? Or is it going to be uh, sort of ready to go? I mean, I don't think anybody knows the answer to that. So then we're going to be right back to this whole distortion of prices um, across the board for every risk asset. And, you know, uh, Powell doesn't mention crypto very much. I got a funny story about crypto I got to bring up to you. But... um he doesn't mention it much, but just that destruction and that speculative asset that also bleeds over to stocks and then real estate and everything else, how they've distorted prices over the last decade plus, I just don't think you should be going back there anytime soon. So well,
3: we could make a pretty good argument that it's probably not the wrong thing to put it on the top shelf and leave it there for some time, mm-hmm. right? But <clears throat> what happens in the interim, Yeah, that's what's problematic. right? You know, like yesterday, we had a, we had a conversation looking at, A lot of companies. There are some companies that have a recession priced in, and there's some that just, they're not there yet. And so this is where, you know, I I tell people, look, I'm optimistic. I I really am because this is what we've been waiting for. And you hate to see any, you know, any gains erode. Well, Elon Musk says,
2: listen, recessions are cleansing. He gets Mm -hmm. rid of the zombie companies. It's about time. We never let cycles happen. I don't, I never understand why we just don't let cycles occur. Well, that's a great you know, point.
3: Everybody's so concerned about, oh, are we going to, this is going to put us into a recession? Well, yes, likely, if we're mm-hmm. not there already. But what, what is wrong with, with actually having a recession? It's a part of the business cycle. All of a sudden, we, we've just kind of expected that we're going to be able to put this aside and just, we're going to, oh, we're not going to worry about that today. The issue will be is that the longer we do that, the bigger it gets and the more, the more issues we will have. They just, we just don't want to feel
2: any kind of discomfort. That's how we are as a country now. Gosh, gosh, you know, we have no, a little bit of discomfort cycles. I mean, we have business cycles? Oh, we can't handle that. Uh, it's about time we handled something. So let the cycle occur. Let the excesses cleanse. And to Danny's point, you are given a better landscape to make goodbyes. Uh, it, and I do think it's also going to go back to Danny doing much more homework to select your investments. And I don't really know candidly how many advisors are able to do it. Uh, it's going to be back to old fashioned, studying companies, cash flows and so forth, S- You know things that we're very, very comfortable with doing. Uh, unless you're going to outsource it to other companies to do that kind of work, and many advisors do that, um, to go ahead and select investments it's going to be much more difficult without the Fed intervention. But so you mean a, you can't just buy the index? Yeah, I don't know, but maybe I, I, this is my own opinion. I think this passive stuff over the next 10 years is going to fall out of favor. Uh, it, there are cycles where passive is going to work and, and in cycles where it's not. And I think if the Fed's pulling away, it's a cycle where passive is not going to work. doesn't mean you can't own it. You just might be a little bit more disappointed on how things go. Well, I think this uh, is a
3: great opportunity to for as somebody who understands balance sheets, who understands fundamentals. Uh-huh. And I know most people are like, "What? What is that?" Because it's been so long. We, right. we've, we've traded on momentum and and mm-hmm. you know Reddit boards and all these <laughs> things that typically you just don't see, which give us that you know a little bit of a heartburn when you look at some of these things. But now we're getting back to where you're going to be able to look at balance sheets. You're going to be able to look at the the macroeconomics once again, and these things will matter. I want you, you know, I want you to go down in the bunker.
2: And then when you, you know, then there's like the nuclear blast and you come out and all the trees are bare and there's you don't recognize anything around you. That's what the Reddit boards like Wall Street bets looks like right now. When you go there and Hello, you, see you just the, hear a big echo. Yeah, you just see the despondency and the means and all this other stuff. It's people are shell shocked walking around in that board. It's uh, sort of it's, you know, not.
3: So speaking of boards, though, so, so uh, YouTube. So if you guys yeah. haven't followed already, go to the Real Investment Show on mm. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, Question: So are passive funds no longer viable? I mean, I, and I'm not saying they're well, no. I don't think probably not no longer viable, but there's probably more opportunity with either picking sectors, right, or individual equities and, and looking. You know, I mean, this is where I get or excited. Or
2: maybe you know they have active management within the indexes. Correct. Maybe you see. let's put it this way, you just got to do more homework. It's not just going to be like, let's set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to lose money. It just means that you might be disappointed versus trying to be opportunistic. Uh, And there are a lot of active ETFs that have been around, First Trust and all that, that do a decent job following a certain methodology to go ahead and do that. So you might see more money moving from the market cap index, passive stuff to more active-based, maybe equal weight, Maybe, you know, some sort of more of a complexity to how they filter the companies uh, within the indexes. So, I, I mean, listen, this is a guess. Well, but this the, is purely it's also, a guess based on the Fed
3: punch bowl being put up at the top shelf. Correct. But it's also very important to understand that what are their mandates? What do they have to stick to? Where, you know, a lot of times we feel like some of these guys are very flexible And we find out they're not, especially when you get into a time like this where everything is down and cash is king. You know, that's that's a big difference. Everything correlates to one when stuff like this happens. Yeah. I mean, I
2: always tell people, listen, oil rolls faster than ketchup. In other words, you might get hurt more in a cyclical stock than you would in a consumer staples like we saw yesterday, for example we saw a lot of the non-cyclical stuff do really well, right? Mm-hmm. Staples, utilities, tr- real estate investment trust. You started to see more money there. And this, yeah, some of the growth stuff did okay, but not as, uh, not as good. But so yesterday I talked to Lance. Funny part is he was on uh, Charles Payne. He's on Fox Business a lot. He does a really good job with uh, Charles. <clears throat> they go back and forth and they, he's on there. But the, the, the woman before <laughs> Lance's segment was a Bitcoin expert. So here's a couple of things she said that are really, really good. I was like, Lance, did you hear her? First she goes, We need regulation. We, Wait, what? We <laughs> She goes, This would change the whole scope of things. We need badly regulation in this space. But 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 yeah. Why did you just go what, Danny? Why did you just do that?
3: Well, because the whole idea <laughs> and, and the sex appeal behind this whole thing has been that there's been no regulation. We're trying to get away from fiat currency. We don't want and, the man in and, our business. And now you're going to put him in?
2: <laughs> oh, she's like, we need that. So bad. And then she's using Putin as a role model because oh, man. she's saying, well, see, he says the dollar and the bonds, you know, the U.S., pff, you know. And you know what? Bitcoin's going to replace bonds. What? I see Bitcoin, and I'm like... W- Wait, Bitcoin has a
3: yield? Yeah. And There's, a guarantee? W-
2: and and, and are on. there assets backing that? Like a bond? I mean, this... Listen, you have pants older than this woman, okay? But I will just tell you, the stuff that was coming out of her mouth to make the case with a straight face was enough for me to call Lance, go, did you hear that? Or is that a brain tumor I got going on here? Okay, it, we need regulation. It's good thing. What, what, what?
3: I was in bizarro world during that segment. You felt like you came out of the bunker and like, <laughs> what world yeah, is... I'm going back down into yeah. it. What is happening?
2: <laughs> yeah, Lance caught that too. He was cracking up, and he was cracking up. So if you ever get a chance, I think Lance is usually on a Thursday or a Friday. Usually as soon as Lance is on the market tanks. So you take it for what that's worth. We need to keep him in his bunker. (laughs) No, it's usually that hour where Charles Payne is on. I think it's like two o'clock Eastern. Yeah, everything's either fading or yeah, everything is like everybody's exhausted and they're done and they don't want to talk about anything. And it's you know I you know you see the S and P go into the red every time that program is on. But Lance does a really good job with perspective on it. But man, some of the guests on Bitcoin, it's just funny to hear it. We need
1: regulation.
2: <laughs> Elizabeth Warren for Bitcoin. Um, so good thing here is something called tax alpha. And Danny, how many, how many years have we been talking about the benefits of Roth IRA and Roth conversion? Unless you think taxes are going to stay the same or go lower. Good luck. Um, so when, to, with depreciated assets in an IRA... Isn't this a really good time, depending on your situation and the homework, to move those the assets that have been beat up the most into Roth and then gaining the appreciation on the tax-free side? Yeah, Don't you I've, think that's a smart idea? I, I
3: do. I think we're getting there. You know, historically, this, this is something we like to do in the fourth quarter. We get a really good understanding as far as what your tax implications may be, and then we can make some moves, you know, barring knowing what, th- what that is. And so i think that now we're having some assets that have been that have declined so it's either you know we're getting into this area well like you mentioned earlier rich is this something where we get everybody pulled back in and then we see another leg down like most bear markets Mm -hmm. or is this something where things are going to get better so it really depends on your view of what's going to happen here but i think in the next several months we're going to have a really nice opportunity to take. Depreciated assets, move them from the raw, or move them from the traditional IRA or four hundred one k into a Roth, and let those assets grow. We have the wind at your back. I mean, that's going to be a really nice aspect. I think that's something we'll we'll talk about. When we get more. Yeah, we'll talk on the about this. Break. If
2: you want to do Roth conversions, surgical Roth conversions to maximize the tax bracket, this could be your year. We'll continue the discussion. when We get back here on Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back.
1: Investment Advice Blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. In
0: 1999, a parafiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients' best interest. These men promptly escaped from a high-cost margin environment to the Houston energy corridor. Today, still excoriated by their former employers, they survive. As protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA
1: team. You're listening to The Real Investment Show.
2: So, if you look around the edges on YouTube, and we're on the YouTube channel, Good morning everybody, uh, you'll see Brent's got a lava lamp behind him. But the lava is dead. Sort of like recharacterizing a Roth conversion, Mr. Cheese. <laughs> this answer might make you lactose intolerant, but unfortunately, you cannot undo a Roth conversion. So, see, it makes it tougher to try to time it. We try to do them generally in fourth quarter of the year, unless we get a market event like we're having right now, where we have to go for the opportunity. Now, keep in mind, if your tax rate is going to be the same in retirement, then, you know, where Roth could come in handy, even still, might be the fact that instead of, as a legacy asset, Danny, in other words, We have the 10-year rule we're gonna talk about that in the last segment we have the 10-year rule because now we're going through a new secure act 2.0 and more stuff and more confusion um but generally speaking a non-spouse beneficiary has 10 years to drain your ira that they inherited from mom or dad if if my child's going to be pushed into a higher tax bracket or is in one then from a legacy perspective I may want to leave them Roth money, even though they still have to take it out over 10 years. It's tax-free, makes it a lot easier. So, but you have to go into a Roth, I think with some idea with based on where we are as debt as a percentage of GDP, Danny, that taxes are going to go higher. And not only that, what a lot of analysis doesn't take into account is the taxation on social security and IRMA. You've got to look at these all together. It's not just the marginal tax rate. It's taxation, 50 cents, 85 cents on the dollar, depending on how much you're taking out, uh, how much your Social Security is and other investments, and your Irma table, which increases your premiums for Medicare Part B. You've got to look at it that way because you might be surprised that you're not going to be in the same tax bracket
3: just because of those things. Well, that's the interesting thing. I mean, I I visited with somebody this week and it was like, it was the first time they've heard this information because we're still told and taught that we need to put everything pre-tax. We need to put everything in the 401k. -hmm. That's where you need to put your funds in versus, okay, it needs to be a process, right? We need to have a, a multiple step process here. where like, we've always mentioned the emergency fund, financial vulnerability cushion, and then start putting in and investing in these areas. But to your point, this is a really nice opportunity to be able to put some assets aside. And especially with secure act 2.0, where you don't have that ability. If you want, if you have legacy intent, meaning you want to give your heirs something. And you've stuffed all your money. Like we've been told all the years erroneously to put it in pre-tax. That's right. Right. But now you have, you have a couple other factors at, at hand, right? So now you're gifting assets essentially when you pass, but everything will be taxable within the next 10 years. Well, where do most people inherit funds? I are right. they in the peak earnings years? Not. Are they going to be taxed at higher Right, Correct. I mean, these are all considerations that, you know, you need to kind of go down the rabbit hole here and start to think about what's the impact? How far does my dollar actually go? And so we talk about frequently, you know, it's not just about managing money and markets, which is a very big part, obviously, but it's also the things that we can control like these types of situations mm-hmm. right. and, and things you can do, these actions that you can actually take right now to keep more money in your pocket. That's one thing we can control. But you know we have to take a gander here that, hey, maybe, maybe we see higher taxes. What happens
2: then? I think the odds are greater for us to see higher taxes. And Danny, if it's not higher taxes out of your front pocket through marginal tax rate, I could see a lot of manipulation of the IRMA tables right, based on the social safety nets, how much of our money goes into, into things like this. Um, more taxation on social security, who knows? Um, so the fact is, it's rare for someone to fall into the lowest tax bracket. Listen, it happens. We run the analysis and Roth conversion's not gonna work. What we will do then, and what I've done, Danny, is I will tell that person, listen, take out, here's a required minimum distribution. Take out enough from your next bracket into the next bracket because you're pretty much at the lowest bracket anyway. Mm-hmm. Move it to brokerage, move it to an after-tax brokerage account, invest it efficiently for uh, for gains over time, and if you if your children will inherit it at a step up in basis, so maybe we don't have to take the step with Roth, but we are still following this objective of taking or trying to m- take some money or surgically prick that IRA pre-tax account and diversify our accounts and how things are taxed. Obviously, if capital gains are taxed as ordinary income, that's not going to matter either. I mean, who knows? Correct. I haven't heard about that lately. But you know well, that's, that, that, been, that's been floating around. For, well, there's a lot actually, there's been, a, been a lot of stuff around. floating around like tax taxes on money you haven't even realized. Earnings you haven't even realized yet, which is... An, well, like the I feel like I'm in the twilight zone of taxes with something like that. I mean,
3: that. CPAs mm-hmm. have to be looking at their chops here because they've got to be really excited about this because it's another way to, uh, to bill somebody. Can you imagine having to – essentially you're going to have to get an appraisal every year on an so, asset, So, Daniel, right? let's say last year mm-hmm.
2: this was enacted. Yeah. And I had all these tech stocks, and I paid all these taxes on these unrealized gains, and I lost it all this year. What, what do you think would have happened? What do you think the government would do? Would they say, "Oh, well, Here's now you've got all back. these capital losses"? Oh. Too. <laughs> of but, course But not. think about
3: the but think about assets that aren't you know as easily trackable. Think about real estate. Think about oh private you have to get equity. These valuations all these things. And that,
2: that, that, oh my gosh, they would have. Yeah, CPAs, valuation firms, oh, they had to be like,
3: please. They were. They yeah. were. They're lobbying for this,
2: by all means. Gosh, I hope not, because then they're in that situation too. I mean, it's a terrible True. idea. Terrible. How does he, Charles Barkley, terrible. It's terrible.
0: It's terrible. Yeah. Just terrible.
2: I like that Shaq commercial for the general when he goes, I've walked in your shoes. Like He's got this little, <laughs> this woman he's walking with. He goes, you haven't walked in someone else's shoes and she, he's ripped her shoes to shreds. <laughs> That's such a funny commercial. I spent a lot of time on TV watching the television. No life. Okay, um... So Roth could work. Unfortunately, you cannot unwind it anymore. You used to be able to do that. You used to get a do-over. And Danny, I don't even know why they took that away. What's, I think that was dumb too. You should have at least one chance. It seems like they to want to take it.
3: away any flexibility that we have in the sense of you know, making changes, right? Oh, you did this. Now yeah. you're stuck. And so what Rich is referring to is that historically we were mm-hmm. able to, if you did, if you did a rollover, or, excuse me, a Roth conversion, if you did a conversion and your CPA or you did your taxes said, oh man, I did a little bit too much. I can save some money if I take, let's say you do 50000 and you say, you know what? I could take 20000 back, put it back in the traditional IRA mm-hmm. and alleviate a lot of tax burden. Well, now or you're saying you're unable to do so.
2: What, if I, what about if I, you know, January was a good month mm-hmm. this year, right? And yep. I- and I did a conversion in January because I want to get it out of the way and I took my tech stocks and I went ahead and I moved them mm-hmm. into Roth and they lost 20 to 40%. But I'm paying taxes on this higher amount, right? And, and when you pay taxes on Roth conversion, the biggest mistake people will make is withholding taxes from the IRA. You want to make sure to pay your taxes from an outside source. If you're under 59 and a half, it could cause all kinds of complications if you don't and it's just generally better to convert the whole amount. But now, I do it in January, what a great chance I would have had, Danny, these few months to do it to get a do-over. Yeah. And say, well, I moved 50,000, but now it's worth 25. Why why, why why do I wanna pay taxes on 50? I could pay it on 25, but they took it away.
3: Well, that's why specifically we wanna make sure that, and we've changed to do all, typically <coughs> Roth conversion distributions right. in the fourth quarter. We have a better understanding on asset pricing. We have a better understanding as far as what your income may be. Mm -hmm. People get surprised with bonuses, deferred comp, things they don't think about or, or fail to mention. And then you think, oh my goodness, I'm glad we didn't do this right now. But you could be stuck in a situation where you did it early in the year, said you wanted to get it out of the way. Right. And, and, you know, if you think you have the wind at your back, the market's going to do well, that's a great thing.
2: Yeah, it could have worked for you, yeah. right? It could have been that, oh, my gosh, I, I, I moved 50, and now it's worth 75.
3: Yeah, we could be an armchair quarterback really yeah, easily. Oh, so, oh, 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 yeah, all the
2: time. But that's why we do wait, generally speaking, for the fourth quarter to do Roth conversion. But when you get a market derail, an event like we've had, this is a really good time to at least crunch the numbers. Mm-hmm. And um, absolutely – Um, look at it. I think it's definitely um, a good idea to do so. Hey, I got a great email last night from my online savings bank. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Your rate is going up. I had one of those this week as well. Did you? I did. You didn't get it from Chase or Bank of America in your brick and mortar bank.
0: (laughs) Oh, no.
3: But
2: you are getting it. If you're not looking at online savings and building up your online savings account, again, everything's all relative, but it's 1% now. But it'll still be ahead of anything you're going to do in your brick-and-mortar dinosaur
3: bank. Well, but they they know. Look, I mean, let's face it. People don't like change. They're not going to go out and and typically shop these things. They say, you know what? Funds are here. Not going to worry about it. Mm -hmm. And what the brick-and-mortar banks have begun to do is that they say, hey, if you hold X amount, and they've always done this to some extent – we're going to give you all these additional benefits. Yes. The issue is how many people use those benefits? Is Does it cost you more to keep money there and think you're going to get, oh, I'm going to save on a wire transfer fee, 35 bucks. But if you had it at an online bank, how much more would you make? Well, because they, they want
2: you to look at it from this mental accounting perspective instead of a whole relationship and what you're paying much more. The expense. In, the expense. They're, they're smart that way. Yeah. They know we're mental... Uh... Nobody likes change. Looney
0: Tooney. When
2: we get back, we're gonna talk about Secure Act 2.0 here on Financial Fitness Friday. Stay tuned.
1: Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the Internet at realinvestmentadvice.com.
0: Hurricane season is here, and along the Texas Gulf Coast, we know how to prepare. What we don't always know is which way the storm will go, and if a hurricane does come your way, whether your house will flood. Fortunately, you can get flood insurance unfortunately flood insurance rates have skyrocketed don't be at risk let the specialists at ria insurance assess your needs and shop your coverage for the best rates possible another service from realinvestmentadvice.com click on the insurance tab realinvestmentadvice.com
1: the real investment show
2: This is Janet Yellen just saying to you, I hope you have a nice, transitory, transformative weekend in your bed with your pillow and your doggies. Oh, because the economy's going to get worse, but I'm not telling.
3: Man, I thought Janet Yellen slept in this morning. Evidently, thanks for joining us. So that was <laughs> great. I'll Always be back. A pleasure to have you.
2: Because uh, uh Brent left this this funny on my uh, on the on the desktop here. Sometimes I talk to myself and we both laugh. Yes, but you gotta use different voices. <laughs> Janet Yellen. You spilled coffee in the kitchen. Oh, they, don't worry. It's fine. It's fine.
0: The stain is transitory.
2: <laughs> That stain the dogs will get is just all. Tra- it's transforming the floor into something prettier. So, um, we are going to be looking at yet another iteration of Secure Act 2.0. So, obviously, this retirement reform and all this scrambling around, yet, you know, it's, it's very creative, it's, it's helping people do whatever they can to make the most out of retirement accounts and so forth, but you gotta have the discipline to pay yourself first. <laughs> Maybe there should be a little bit about financial literacy in this Secure Act 2.0,
3: Danny, what do you think? Well, I think there should be always be a lot more um, attention put towards financial literacy. Unfortunately, we're seeing that that's just been on the back burner. And we we do all these or, or throw, float out all these different ideas and plans and the problem is that, one, they don't do a very good job of articulating them. Mm-hmm. You know, we could do a much better job of saying, hey, here's the options and things that are available to you. But the other thing is that we're typically way behind the curve here. I mean, we're trying to do something way too late, and you know, and usually it's not enough. Yes. You know, uh, we're going to allow you, you know, it's like the uniform savings account that they floated a couple years back. We're going to allow everybody to put, you know, X amount aside in a – account that's not going to be taxable, but you can pull money out and use it. But they didn't give anybody any bandwidth to actually put funds aside, nor do they think about, you know, who, th- who does this actually impact or help? Right. Because the people that really need it are likely not in a situation or a position to be able to utilize it. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Absolutely.
2: I mean, if you had uh, a workforce that you could train and and would be skilled, if, if you had the financial literacy tenets that even we grew up with that are, are sort of dead, that would help but some of these provisions first is the savers tax credit is gonna, they would have it deposited directly into a worker's ira or 401k rather than it lumped into any tax refund and that the savers credit credit will be fully refundable which means right you're going to get whether you are if it's fully refundable then um, what is it that even if you don't pay taxes you get a credit you get you get you get cash you get a refund you basically get a refund right a so but they're going to move that they want to move that directly to 401k where it could go into an esg fund with 10 times the expenses of your s p fund Um, uh that's
3: that may be changing we're actually getting legislation to actually look into this which is great
2: i hope so i'm just not yeah i don't have a lot of confidence but i know there's a lot of talk of that right there's also a, a provision in this where if you have student loans you know and you had to make a choice between saving for retirement or student loans um, they're going to uh, provide a stipend to where you can sort of do both. Um, that's okay. What it, also, you know, this one I'm sort of okay with, Danny, and I don't know why. i got to think about it. But uh, to allow employers, to allow workers to take distributions from their retirement accounts to pay for long-term care premiums, because obviously long-term care is that financial elephant in the room, and most people do not have the funds to pay for it. I
3: love that idea. I mean, if you can take it at any given point in time and pay those premiums. But you know
2: what? Here's what I don't like. They're going to they're gonna say you don't have to take the 10% penalty. Okay. But it's still going to be taxed.
3: Correct, yeah. That's a disadvantage.
2: If I have proof that I've moved money direct from my, my retirement account into a long-term care premium, right? I'm not blowing it on something. I'm mitigating a risk. Why in heck
3: are you taxing me well, that's, on this distribution? That's where I'm okay with the refund, right? If you can prove that you actually did this. Correct. I think that's. It could a,
2: be a tax form that says here it went into the. You know correct. what I mean? Correct.
3: Let's encourage good behaviors.
2: No. Everything always has to have the tax element to it. And they would say, oh, well, no penalty. Big deal. Big deal on the penalty if I got to add another 20% in taxes. It's ridiculous, right? So, you know, they come up with all these things, but they're always half-aid, right? It's, it's never fully what you want. And now we're going to be looking at maybe pushing out the um, required minimum distribution age to 73 years old. But I think it takes how many years to get to 75 years old?
3: Yeah, it's, it's going to take a long
2: 2032 time. 2032 or yeah. something like that, where then you would, you would be able to wait. What's the purpose of that? And what is the per? I mean, and there's no clarification on these inherited IRAs, Danny, because what people don't realize, I have talked to CPAs who do not realize, I'm 75 years old. I've been taking my required minimum distributions every year. I leave my IRA to Danny. Danny has to take it out over 10 years. But the first iteration of this act was Danny didn't have to take required minimum distributions over those 10 years. He could wait, he could take whatever he wants over 10 years, as long as the account was drained. Then they put in this provision where no, you have to continue at least the required minimum distribution. So Danny would have to make sure and be cognizant of taking out at least what the tables say, but at the same time drain the account in year 10. It's very confusing. And there's nothing out there that clarifies this.
3: Correct, and that's the problem, is that there's been no little or no clarification. They've changed the the rules in the middle of the game, right? Now, granted, if you've already started your distributions, you're still stuck and grandfathered under the old rules, which is, I think, a really good thing for mm-hmm. those people. Instead of having to take it out within that ten year time frame, so you know, just to kind of dive a little bit deeper, what we're talking about is is if you inherit an IRA from somebody other than your spouse, you're going to have a distribution period. If you've started, you have RMDs, required minimum distributions, but if now it happens because the rule change. You have that 10-year period. Mm-hmm.
2: It's very transformative. Colin loves my um Janet Yellen impression. He just he just types, stop that. Stop that now.
3: Thank you, Colin. Don't
2: do it. Colin's gonna get an award from Danny. It's in the mail. It's very you're very rude. Very, very rude. Um so uh <laughs> we'll see what this Secure Act 2.0 finally really turns out to be. Oh, and then they're gonna allow more leakage, Danny, where if I have an emergency, I can take out $1,000. So if I have it, and this happened a lot during 2008 and nine, right, Mm -hmm. I was pressing everybody, listen, people are losing their jobs, they take money out of their IRA, it's another punch in the gut because they're getting hit with taxes and penalties. If I am out of work, And I can't even tap this darn thing tax-free. At least do this for the financial crisis. Make it completely tax-free to draw money out of your... uh... Yeah, eventually. But now they're saying, well, first of all, you shouldn't be using your retirement account for emergencies. And if if I do have an emergency, again, yeah, I avoid the 10% penalty, but why do I have to pay taxes on that money? Which shows you... You have to have a hierarchy of savings. You don't put everything in your retirement account first. You set up your emergency reserve, your savings account. I know Danny and I are real conservative with this. It's not six months of living expenses. That's for the emergency stuff. The next six months is your financial vulnerability cushion. And that is someone loses a job, an illness. You do that. Maybe I just put into my 401k just up to the match and bolster... My emergency reserve, so I don't have to leak my 401k for stuff that I should be doing outside of it. So you've got to really create a savings strategy. Danny, I do this with a lot of younger people. I go through the the hierarchy of savings. It's very good, by the way. It transforms a lot of lives. So how do I do it, right? How do I as a 25-year-old, 24-year-old, starting my job, they're pushing me to put all my money into the 401k, to tell that person to step back and where, watch how your dollar flows. Here are the fields we need to right? we need to plant seeds. It's not just this 401k, a big panacea. It's
3: not just that. We've got other things that we have to do. i think that's really important to understand exactly what you're either leaving on the table or not addressing is huge right we want to build the foundation and we want to do it right so that you don't have that leakage i know that drives you nuts rich i mean every time we see new legislation that gives the ability to take money put another hole in the bucket yeah i mean we we have enough already (laughs) but we're not teaching people the right behaviors ahead of time right and so i think we need to understand hey get that emergency fund and you need to understand, also, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of qualitative stuff here. How how secure is your job? Mm-hmm. If you're a low man on the totem pole, maybe you don't need six months. Maybe you need 12. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, we talk about if you're a tenured professor, yeah, you probably don't need as much as somebody who's in sales but or somebody who just started. But wouldn't it be started. nice to know?
2: Yes, I understand. But wouldn't it be nice to any, like, something you need to help a relative or something out like that you do have the next six months, regardless? But Yes. If you have fluctuating cash flows, you may look yeah. at that hierarchy of savings. So, want me to do Elizabeth Warren uh, imitation? How's that? Thanks, guys. I'm gone. That's it. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye.